You are listening to Enlight, the podcast for education, leadership, and innovative teaching. In this episode, we share part one of a panel discussion where we bring together a group of colleagues in Hong Kong to explore the challenges and opportunities of AI in higher education. This panel discussion is the second part of a series on AI in education held at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. Panelists in different teaching and learning roles from HKUST, HKU, HKBU, and CUHK joined us to discuss AI's potential benefits and risks in higher education. In part one, I invited the panel members to introduce themselves and share their perspectives on AI. Concerns are raised about the use of chatbots for assessment, but panel members also emphasize the need to embrace AI in education. The panelists discuss the ethical use of AI tools and maintaining academic integrity, and they highlight the importance of training students in AI and information literacy. We also explore the disruption caused by AI and how it's accelerating the transformation of higher education and talk about an opportunity to rethink the current educational model. Some members propose redefining the roles of students, teachers, and institutions, creating more community-based, project-based, and experiential learning environments, and recentering the role of universities in solving community problems. Uh, last week, we gave a talk about ChatGPT and the introduction and the impact of generative AI. And I think it initiated a lot of discussion among colleagues afterwards. And uh, I know various departments are thinking about what they should do. Uh, and there wasn't enough time for discussion uh, in last week's session. And, and I anticipated that. That's why I've invited some experts uh, in, in different areas uh, for a panel discussion. And uh, today, the goal is really to continue some of the, the, the uh, discussion that's been going on I'm sure within your own departments and your own universities. And I know we have guests uh, from around the world actually online. Uh, welcome to everyone online. Uh, we have some people from Singapore, Taiwan, and I believe Mexico. So uh, this is, this is wow. gonna be a, a slightly international uh, discussion here and I'm really excited. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna introduce the guests and then after I introduce them, I'll, I'm gonna ask each of them to kind of give a quick five minutes uh, introduction of themselves and how what perspective they are coming at uh, with regards to AI and, and education. And then from there, uh, I'll begin with a question. I'll try to talk less this time and uh, leave it over to the panels, panel members to talk. And uh, we'll have a discussion. And once we're finished our discussion, we'll open it up to both people online and also people here live face to face. Okay, so with us uh, today, we have Professor Jimmy Fong. He's, uh, the uh, Associate Provost of Teaching and Learning here at HKUST. And he's also the Chair Professor uh, at the Division of Environment and Sustainability in the Department of Mathematics at HKUST. Okay. Uh, next to Jimmy is Dr. Dongkun Han. Uh, he is a lecturer at the Department of Mechanical and Automation Engineering at CUHK. And uh, he's currently a lecturer at the Department of Mechanical Automation Engineering, the Chinese University, and he's obtained, uh, well, he, you have a lot of expertise and interest in educational research, right? And uh, next to him is uh, Dr. Teresa Kwan. Uh, she's the director of the Center for Holistic Teaching and Learning at HKBU, Baptist U. And uh, this very similar role to my role in this sense, right? So it'll be really interesting to hear perspective 
uh, on what you're doing over at Baptist U. Uh, and uh, next to Teresa is Dr. Uh, Jack To, uh, Associate Director of the Common Core Office at Hong Kong University. And uh, we'll be looking at it from the holistic and trans and interdisciplinary perspective in AI and how it might help the Common Core in that sense. And ne next to Jack is Professor Davis Bookhart, uh, who is the director of HKUST Sustainability and Net Zero Office. Uh, and um, you're also part of the Division of Environment and Sustainability. And uh, I think uh, in addition to teaching and learning and uh, other items related to education, sustainability is just as an important element to education. Uh, and, and it would be really interesting to hear your perspective within this in mind. So with that introduction, I'd actually like now to pass it on to each one of you. So uh, okay. Jimmy. Okay, yeah, thank you very much for inviting me uh, on this panel. So in my role as the uh, associate coach in teaching and learning, of course, uh, a lot of them to do with the coming of the AI. And uh, at the beginning of the semester, I, I was already being asked by a lot of the faculty member, okay, what is the university policy with regard to the, uh, to the coming of the AI and on in terms of the uh, assessment. Okay, so I already told a lot of the uh, faculty member, we already have all these things in place because the student, uh, if whatever they submit their work uh, for assessment, is supposed to their own work, whatever other, whatever means they use, whether they going to look at a particular paper, cook it, or, or someone, uh, some other uh, uh, software help you, you need to decay. Now, I think I want to bring a uh, sort of looking at border area of whether we are worried about students using ChatGTP to do assessment and then so that we cannot detect it and then they get higher grade. I think this is just individual person said or a large group of people doing it. But we, if we look at further down the road another few years later, uh, a lot of people say, okay, using now we should embrace AI. We definitely should embrace AI from my point of view. But the, at the same time, we also worry about a lot of the professor do not know how to using AI to do a higher level thinking. Because when we teach students, we teach them a certain process. The learning is a lot to do with process. You learn one step to the next. But now with the coming of the AI, you can, you, you, you give you something, you can get the end answer. We found something in between. Now, and then people say, okay, why don't we teach the student more something in between, ask them to, you know, something in between, you can do higher level thinking. But I don't know what. Right, that's one one question. Even I, do, I myself do not have answer. Another question is, ninety five percent of the population are generally lazy. <laughs> Even myself. So if I can get, you give me something, I can get the answer at the end. Okay, it is true. Five left five percent of the population can using it had doing a lot of high level thinking. Ninety five percent of them will not. So if this 95% of the students will not, I mean, how can we prevent it so that they can still go in full step-by-step -step learning? At this moment, I have, I have no idea because, you know, for a lot of us sitting at this table, 
we went through about 20 years of education, this painful process of learning step by step, adding one plus one and then one plus two, three plus four. These are difficult skills. We pick it up slowly, one after another, and then we, we come to us today. With the AI of coming, I, I am not sure whether the, the kid will be able, will be bothered to even learning this process. Although we, we're using calculator as an example, but I am not, calculator is just a very small aspect of the learning process. But now AI virtually cover all aspects of our learning process. That is a somewhat different dimension. So uh, I think I stop here for now. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Professor Han. Okay, thank, thanks for coming and thanks for the invitation from Sin. It's a really good opportunity to sit here and learn from uh, Professor Fong, Riza, Jack, and Davis. And uh, so I'm a teacher in AI and uh, robots. So today, uh, besides learning, so I would like to share um, my first-hand experience in using AI technology in teaching, uh, especially and engineering education. So as a Professor Fong said, we have so many students are lazy and they would like to directly find the answer or get the solution. So we also find a similar problem during the pandemic. They would like directly ask questions from teacher and gather the solutions. So based on this phenomenon, we directly, our team directly develop a chatbot and can answer the questions from students in a specific area because we are teaching them how to control the robot, how to program. And uh, so the chatbot is basically to answer the questions in programming. So uh, then we don't have to receive a lot of emails from students and re reply them uh, by spending a lot of time. And uh, uh, so this is the one uh, what we have done uh, during the pandemic. But after the pandemic, I think the student would like to communicate with something real. It's not like a software or uh, just to speak to a computer. Then we keep on to develop a robotic teacher. It's a, a hardware and uh, it's a humanoid robots and can speak in uh, a specific uh, human voice. Yeah, we use a text-to-speech technology, and uh, the robot can learn the the pronunciation of a specific uh, speaker, like uh, like uh, uh, professor, uh, uh, like Sin or Professor Fong. So, uh, so the robot can directly learn your pronunciation, and then it can speak to student in this pronunciation. Yeah, so this is what we have developed, but we can see uh, a bottleneck of whether applying uh, AI is, is the accessibility. Okay, so uh, many teachers and students from different backgrounds, they don't know how to use AI. So that's why we also organized uh, uh, a workshop as well as a course that is the first general education course at a CUHK to teach uh, teachers and students how to apply AI technology in their specific area. Yeah, so this is what we have done. 
And uh, uh, I, I believe later on we may, may have a very inspiring discussion uh, based on different topics. And uh, I think uh, based on all this discussion, we will make AI technology more accessible, more uh, capable and sustainable. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Uh, good, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, actually, oh, this is a very good platform for me to clarify one thing, if you don't mind. Uh, yesterday, you might have all aware of the South China Morning Post, <laughs> some news about uh, Hong Kong Baptist University uh, is the second university in Hong Kong to ban ChatGPT. It is not the case. It's a kind of a misinterpretation of uh, our vice president's message. Actually, the original message, I just uh, speak a, a few, a quote, a few sentences. Uh, like, as you are working on your assessment task in the semester, I'm writing to caution you against the use of the ChatGPT or other AI technologies that generate human-like essays, dialogues, and images. HKBU expects students to uphold academic uh, integrity at all times. If a student takes words or ideas from other sources, including ChatGPT and other AI technologies, and presents them as if they were the students' uh, own, with the, uh, own work without proper citation of the sources, the students has, admit, uh, has committed plagiarism. It's a kind of very general uh, statement. It's a kind of like, uh, yes, it's very general, right? Uh, I really have no idea why uh, we, it became uh, a banning of the ChatGPT. Uh, actually, uh, we, we, hold, uh, uh, we held a section yesterday uh, to talk about uh, the generative AI tools in higher education. And most of the participants in the university is actually for the use of embracing the technology to help uh, uh, students uh, to learn. It's like uh, most of our students, uh, most of our teachers thought that it would be help, like helping our students like uh, moving towards a more high cognitive thinking skills. Uh, but then, of course, there are issues relating to the like ethic, ethical use of AI tools, uh, academic integrities, and that's the reason why at our university, I'm not sure if it is also the case in other universities, uh, we are going to like propose to the e-learning committee that uh, to set up a task force uh, to look at uh, the the details or, or I mean the issues that may be posed by the generative AI and whether we should have a proper guideline and also to also um, make changes to the uh, current like academic integrity policies and, and so. So we we have when we embrace the technology, we have to also think of the change of, into the of the curriculum, uh, our assessment, as well as at the university level, we have to do something as well to make changes to our policies. And then we also have to train our students. We talk about it, train our students, because like uh, training our students with the AI competence is important. And also the AI literacy is also very important. It's a kind of like in the past, we make use of like Google search uh, to search information on, from the internet. We have to train our students about the literacy, the information literacy. Similarly, AI will need literacy. So, but then I guess uh, I will stop saying some uh, more and then uh, let my other colleagues to say, to speak. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. So thanks, Sean and um, uh, Beatrice and CEI for the invitation. Um, 
not to repeat the, I guess, the mainstream discussions about AI in higher education and, and teaching and learning, because I think, Sean, in your uh, talk last Friday, you've kind of given a comprehensive uh, direction or, or, or um, landscape of, the, of what's happening at the moment. I kind of want to take a different direction in terms of maybe going beyond the techno empirical or solutionist kind of perspective. And because I know that this discussion requires maybe a broader thinking across disciplinary boundaries and also maybe thinking about how different disciplines can contribute to the discussion. So how can we take uh, disciplinary concepts and then help to uh, create a greater uh, conversation about this, uh, situ uh, this situation we're in? Um, and I think that would potentially create more questions as well that we can then uh, address to then more fully understand how this will impact on higher education and teaching and learning. I, I see this AI or gen AI disruption as accelerating a transformation in higher education, which has already begun. Okay. And it's begun because of the because of the pandemic, because of the convergence of technology on higher education and the changes in that. Uh, if we think about, for, exa for example, the entry of non-educational providers uh, or non-traditional educational providers into the education space. Uh, a lot of corporations setting up their own learning universities. Uh, we've got platforms like Skillshare, Udemy, etc. Uh, LinkedIn coming in and occupying that space. So we've got co more competition in terms of content as well. And, and I think this is a great opportunity to rethink the role of universities in uh, the student's education, right? So what is that image of university education that we have, which, uh, you know, all of us, if we think about what university education is, we have a particular image. How can we reform that? How can we change it? How can we improve on, upon that? How can we take away maybe some of the things that are um, not useful anymore and, and, and um, redefine what the role of students are, what role of teachers are? and also universities and the relationships between students, teachers, and also institutions. Uh, how do we reimagine the type of experiences that we give students um, moving from, you know, these lecture-like <laughs> lecture uh, um, experiences to more community-based, project-based, experiential-based, uh, project-based um, uh, kind of learning environments? Um, and, and thinking about civics as well, and how to recenter the role of universities back into solving the problems of the community. You know, we, we do a lot of assessments and we, we get students to uh, take a lot of time doing these assessments. But can we make these assessments more impactful? Uh, can we make the assessments socially uh, more, um, yeah, so socially uh, transformative? And, and uh, you know, uh, ha have the universities as a center for civics, citizenship, and, and uh, societal change, okay? Um, I, I'm quite interested, I guess, with AI's assistance in learning. Um, obviously, pedagogically, uh, there are uh, new ways of uh, learning for students um, from a more meta 
cognitive perspective. Uh, things like adaptive, creative, exploratory learning, I think, is very important. Um, and from a teacher-student institutional perspective, things like dialogue-based um, teaching, learning. Um, uh, Dunkun mentioned about automatic grading and, and maybe smart curation, uh, classroom orchestration and all those things, I think will be coming uh, along. Um, also impacts on well-being and identifying students at risk, I think is, is a, uh, a tool that uh, Gen, I can, Gen AI can uh, address. Um, obviously, um, my role in Common Core is around transdisciplinary and interdisciplinary uh, kind of learning and also, um, you know, how can we create students for the future and what, what is that future that we want as well. And, and I think this can potentially, uh, if we think about like the, the concept of intellectual emancipation, for example, you know, do teachers need to be there dictating the knowledge or can students learn by themselves? And I think Gen AI can bring a lot of that into the equation and, and allow students more autonomy to, to learn things by themselves and teachers more as guides and mentors in that process. And I like the word curation as well, the creation of experiences for, for, for students. Um, I mean, there's a lot I, I can talk about, but I'll just, uh, I'll just make my final point is around uh, how this knowledge, you know, within this database is organized, I think is very interesting. So how is it organized? How is it accessed as well? And, and you know, it seems like it's non-hierarchical and it potentially will become more non-hierarchical. It's non-linear. At the moment, it's centralized, but I think it's going to be more decentralized. And then that has implications for equity accessibility uh, and you know, all those issues. So um, I'll leave it at that and then <laughs> elaborate further. Thank you. Great. Thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to weigh in on this. Um, you may be wondering why a sustainability guy is in the conversation. And so I'm, I'm happy to kind of explain a little bit about what the sustainability mindset brings to this discussion. Uh, one of the things that we train our students to do is be strategic, not reactive. And we tend to have quick fix thinking. It's one of the thinking blunders we talk about. We uh, find something that's urgent, something that needs to be addressed. We try to find a quick fix to it. That's reactive. Strategic is looking into the long term and thinking how we might address this, how we might utilize it. And, and, and of course, how do we craft it in ways that give us the best impacts? So I'll talk about three things that are quite from the sustainability perspective. First, we focus on systems. We focus on the future and we focus on values. And so how can we look at uh, generative AI in those, those three? From a systems point of view, we're always looking at what are the unintended consequences. And as Jimmy pointed out, 95% of us are lazy. Um, tend to be lazy, sorry. And by the way, I, I also understand that 75% of all statistics are made up right on the spot, <laughs> like that one. So, um, uh, but that is a systems problem. If you, if you look at systems in terms of behavior change, we do know that this is a tool. This AI is not good, it's not bad, it's how we use it. And so we need to know how do we use it in ways that will produce um, 
great learning resources and can teach us things that we don't know and explain stuff to us in, in you know, language that is uh, available to us, you know, explain um, how an airplane works as if I'm a 10 year old. Okay, well, I can understand that and AI can do that quite well. Um, but we also have to recognize that ChatGPT can do things uh, like create uh, malicious uh, software that can create phishing uh, uh, and can be exploited to, you know, it to expose your, your um, email networks. So it's not that it's good or bad, it's, it's how you use it. And so from a systems point of view, we always need to take a, a step back and, and look at it from, from that point of view. Number two, we're looking into the future. And of course, that's my bread and butter, looking into the future. I'm trying to think about where we are five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. In fact, our main focus right now is looking at us at 2050. So, I mean, what does this university even look like in 2050? How do we teach? Do we even have classrooms? Um, and I, I agree completely with what Jack just said about this is a transformation that's already started. This is a fundamental um, creative, destructive uh, transformation uh, to quote uh, Joseph Schumpeter, this is this will dynamically alter the way that we even think about teaching and learning. And so if you take a, a look from the future and work your way backwards, then really the question isn't what can AI do today? And Jimmy is probably right. Some people will manipulate it. They might use it for cheating, for plagiarizing. As the, the president of BU also mentioned, you know, be aware that you still need to cite your sources if you want to use it there's still some protocols in place but from a sustainability point of view it's it would be good to go and look out into let's say five or ten years and if we do it that way then what we realize is that we have to be embracing this technology because it's here and it will be continue to be a more and more of a part of our life if we don't embrace it today then essentially we're training people for jobs that won't exist and that's not the role of a university. We need to be training. Uh, we need to be training for jobs that do exist. And so, um, the future of jobs is obviously something that we should be worried about. Now we're on the the, the upstream side. We're training students. We're teaching students, but we're teaching them to be successful at their work. So we need to know what the kind of work they're going to be doing, so we can be adequate. Now, looking at AI and just innovation in terms of jobs has been a a focus for 200 years um the luddites you know in the early 19th century were smashing factories and mills because they thought that the machines would take their jobs and in some cases they were right um in the 20th century it was robotics and then it was uh, other kinds of automation we've been uh scared of this battle of losing jobs for over 200 years. And the fact is it hasn't happened. And the reason it hasn't happened is because innovation really takes place in three ways. One is a direct replacement of your job. And in that case, then a person would need to be retrained. But more commonly, it's either a parallel application, which doesn't affect your job, or even more importantly, it's complementary. And this is where we can embrace uh, generative AI. Is that this is something that complements what we do. It doesn't replace what we do. It, it helps us leapfrog forward. It allows us to do things uh, like use a calculator, but a much more powerful calculator. So we don't have to uh, rely on our memories quite so much. So when I was in school, we memorized everything. That's how, you, that's how you performed on your test. Right now, we don't have to memorize everything. It's right in our phones. And we know that, and we can change our teaching and learning 
structures, as Jack was pointing out, so that we're really focusing on skills, not on memorization. So we're really uh, accelerating. I couldn't agree with you more. We're really accelerating that transformation. So with that, um, the last part of uh, looking at this from a sustainability point of view is quite obvious. It's about values. You know, can we get our arms around this so that we are uh, utilizing this, this very powerful new tool in a way that doesn't cause harm to other people? And that really is the, the key. And so when we have this, this question in front of us, we should really be not thinking about, will you cheat, will you not cheat? What we should be thinking about is, are we creating victims? Right. And I think that if you ask about if someone is cheating, well, they are creating a victim. The victim is themselves, right? They're cheating themselves out of the opportunity to learn. They're cheating themselves out of the ability to comprehend and to build and to grow. So if we think about it from building, growing, then the cheating is not quite as important as are we still able to get them into that, that same kind of mindset. So with that, I'll turn it back over to Sean. Thanks. Uh, each of you are bringing a, a, a unique and equally important perspective to this discussion. I mean, we've talked about now uh, about how we're going to handle higher order thinking with these tools, um, how we can go move towards a dialogue based teaching and learning approach, uh, also enhancing uh, some of our uh, projects and getting students to use AI in their projects, robotics being one example. Uh, assessments, as you said, are, are something to be concerned about, but as you mentioned, it need not be the only thing and it should not be the central thing that we're focusing on because there's so much more that we can embrace based on what we're discussing. Thank you for listening to Enlight, brought to you by the Center of Education Innovation of HKUST. We hope you found today's episode insightful and thought-provoking. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Enlight is on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and many more. Enlight is produced by the team at CEI, hosted by Dr. Sean McMinn, graphic design by Ling Wong, sound design by Ken Yu, and a big thank you to our editorial team. Beatrice Chu, Amy Chong, Crystal Luo, and Yui Lam. Thank you again for listening to Enlight, and we look forward to bringing you more engaging conversations in the future.